Welcome to episode 81 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing lower back pain, ankle mobility, and dealing with weight fluctuations. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. What's up, Achievers? Episode 81. Yeah. We had a um, pretty low-key weekend. Um, I was not feeling too hot, and so I just wanted to take it a little bit easier, um, just in case... You know, we had some huge life event happen in the next few days or so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we're we're pretty much just on baby watch. Lauren, Lauren and her mom, you guys went on a baby like just finishing touches adventure. Yeah, right we got all the like all the last things. There were just like random things on my list yeah. that we hadn't gotten yet, so we did it all. So now it's like, I mean, from here on out, Amazon Prime will just be our best friend. We're yeah. just gonna prime everything. <laughs> I don't know how previous parents did it. Like you, you guys had to go to a store. Crazy. <laughs> Craziness. How do you do things like um, that? But yeah, now we just deliver things and have it show up in two days. Perfect. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think um, we were just on full on baby watch. Lauren is positive that the baby's gonna be coming on September twenty eighth, even though, though her due date was October fourth. Lauren has this secret superpower. Um, we've talked about this a little bit in the podcast and earlier episodes, but she's got a superpower where she can visualize and change the weather. And so we're hope- hopefully that it can translate to uh, creating babies. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been like people didn't used to believe me, but yeah. now I've done it too many times for people to deny it. Yeah. Like people who know, who I've been like, all right, just watch this. Because I also have to have enough time under my belt to be it's visualizing true. It's it. true. And so it has to, and it has to be like an important life event. It can't just be like, if somebody's like, oh, we visualize good weather for this weekend. Like yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. You have to have been thinking about it for months and months. And like, it's not just about thinking about it. It's about feeling the feelings that you're going to feel when it's happening. There's so many parts to it. Yeah. And I've been doing that. I mean, September 28th has been on my mind since basically like the first month I was like, you know, October 4th is fine, but I feel like it's going to be September 28th. And then I just started to really visualize it. And the crazy part is October 4th was the original due date, but they recalculated a different due date based on a ultrasound, right? Well, there was, yeah, an ultrasound at like 30 weeks, uh, the way that his like femur length was measuring and all these different <laughs> things. They were like, due date October 4th, estimated due date based on ultrasound September 28th. And I freaked out. I was like, oh my God, it's coming true. <laughs> so we'll see. I'm pretty positive that it's going to happen this Friday. If it happens, we're definitely going into a Powerball and going into all sorts of <laughs> gambling mechanisms and utilizes power. <laughs> we definitely should. <laughs> all right. So let's get into the question. So the first one comes from Holly, Holly Tarani, and they asked, quick question regarding low back pain, uh, oh, sorry, lower back endurance and strength for lifting. I have good squat and Romanian deadlift form. However, when I hold weight out in front and do a squat, I feel it in my lower back. Same with deadlifts with heavier weights, although I have a good hip hinge and try to brace my core. Some, some, wow, I can't read. Same happens when I go to a forward bend and lift arms up into a Y position. Even with two to three pound weights, I feel it in my lower back. What do you think the issue is? How would you fix it? Many thanks. Okay. This is a really good question. And I think when people experience pain with some of these, like, they don't look too taxing movements, like leaning forward and building your arms up into a Y position. It doesn't look that taxing, but it is pretty demanding on your core and your lower back. And when people have this and experience this, I think they just assume that they have a weak lower back and they need to be protective over their lower back. The, the big things that you need to keep um, account of 
are the two variables of load and volume. And so we can manipulate those variables to make sure that we can strengthen those positions. And so for you, if you lean forward and bring your arms straight out in front of you into a Y position, and that affects your lower back, then we can do a couple things here if you wanna to continue to keep up that exercise. You can either use lighter loads. So if you're using a five pound weight, maybe a two and a half pound weight might be a little bit better. Or if that still bothers you, maybe a 1.25. Or if just raising your arms up overhead without having any weight still bothers you, then you can bend your elbows a bit and reduce the lever. So that way you can just reduce the loading a little bit. If it's a situation where over time it starts to develop and your lower back starts to ache over time, then it might be a volume thing, in which case maybe five repetitions is totally fine, but eight is crossing the line. And so you need to just manage that volume and manage your tolerance around that volume. So always taking those two variables into account, and it's not your lower back is weak, it's just managing those two variables to make sure that you set yourself up well for success. Now, secondarily, something that productive that you can do to improve the situation is doing, let's say, something like a dead bug, where you're on your back and you've got your knees up and feet up at 90 degree angles, you've got your arms directed straight up at the ceiling, and you're doing your best to try to push your lower back down towards the floor and anchor your lower back against the floor and getting a core engaged position there. And from there, slowly lowering one arm straight overhead down towards the floor um, and trying to maintain that lower back connection with the floor. By doing so, you're able to maintain good alignment throughout your core while raising your arms overhead, which ultimately you like to do in a more standing up, bent over fashion. And so those are two ways to kind of think about it, managing load and volume, and then doing something productive to make sure that you are prepared for that specific movement. Yeah, I think you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Anything, anything else to add? Or I, guess, uh, I mean, yeah. I can't, yeah, can't yeah. think of anything else. I think that's cool. pretty much it. Cool, cool. So hopefully that helps. Cool. All right. The second question comes from Cody Oren 11. And they said, um, Hi, Jason and Lauren. I recently started following your page and YouTube channel, which I must say are fantastic platforms for information. Thank you. Uh, long story short, short, I'm a chronic ankle sprainer and also have tight calves. I've seen your videos on stretches and mobilization techniques for ankle dorsiflexion. My question is, until I get better dorsiflexion, should I lay off of back squats, deadlifts, and cleans, as those are the exercises I can really notice the deficiencies in? And if so, what would be good alternatives that I could do? Thanks for all the work and info you guys do and keep up the awesome work. This is a, another really good, just like real world type of question, yeah. right? Um, do you want to kick this one off? Or? Yeah, so I mean, we would definitely say that you don't have to stop doing those exercises, yeah, right? Like that's, that, that's number one. Yeah. I think a lot of people, and people have this with any like limitation that they find that they have and mm -hmm. whether it's like a PT tells them that they have like winging scapula or right. like that they have flat had feet yeah, or, flat feet or yeah. low back, sometimes even with like low back pain or knee pain, mm -hmm. people all of a sudden think like, okay, I shouldn't do anything that involves that area of my body. Um, but in reality, doing nothing there is probably going to be worse than doing something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we want to make sure that you still you basically want to make sure you meet yourself where you're at. Mm -hmm. So unless you have zero degrees of range of motion in your ankle, which would be very uncommon, um, you can still do some variation of squats. It might not be, you know, A to G, if you know what that means. <laughs> it means basically that your butt hits the ground. Um, you can assume what the A stands for. <laughs> I won't say it on the podcast. I want to keep our podcast 
family friendly yeah, and family. clean. We want yeah. that clean label on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can elevate your heels and do squats with your heels elevated so that you're still getting the benefits of the squatting motion, but you're taking your ankles out of the equation for now while you continue to work on ankle mobility and dorsiflexion in, in other ways. Yeah, right? yep, exactly. Um, and so, okay. You, yeah, you definitely don't want to just forego something as functional as a squatting or a deadlifting pattern, but like what Lauren said, meeting yourself where you're at. And so if you have ankle mobility limitations, and we've had this a lot with our members as well, you know, we might not high bar back squat them or front squat them, which requires a lot of knees driving forward and a lot of ankle mobility, but we might low bar back squat them, or we might goblet squat them with the weight out in front of them or a squat. squat. Yeah, or a squat with a counterbalance of some sort. Um, so you can still find patterns that you're successful in, uh, but don't quite challenge the ankle mobility um, to that big of a degree. And in, and in tandem, doing some other things like supersetting that exercise with, so let's say a low bar back squat with an ankle mobility drill, whether it's with a band or up against the wall or whatever drill of your choice, doing something productive to make sure that you enhance it. Now, the big thing is you don't want to just do those ankle mobility drills and then not use it in a functional pattern. Right. So it has to be integrated within your overall program. And so if you do an ankle mobility drill, make sure you try to use, hopefully those ankles loosened up a little bit, make sure to use that ankle mobility in something like a squat pattern, because then it'll lock into your brain that this is a pattern that is actually important to this person and it'll start to solidify it. And so what we try to do with our members is, hey, let's do some ankle mobility drills and then let's use it, let's apply that in some sort of other pattern, whether it's a lunging pattern or whether it's a squatting pattern. And then over time, as long as you get enough reps in, that starts to just stick. Right, yeah, yeah totally. The only thing, I mean, one of the exercises they mentioned is cleans. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a very dynamic exercise where yeah. you kind of drop into the bottom of a squat. For that, I would say maybe because you can't, it's not, you're not as in control of the depth that you go down into with yeah. the clean. I would say maybe that's something that you might want to take out for a little while, especially if you're feeling restriction in your ankles or right. you're feeling any sort of discomfort. Just because it's it's fast, it's ballistic, it's not something you can think your way through or, or kind of control your way through. Whereas a squat, you can very much feel like this is where I start to feel limited and you can come up out of it. Yeah. Um, a clean might force you into patterns that feel a little bit uncomfortable and might be harder for you to control. Yeah. Um, I would say, however, you could, um, you know, if your form looks good, do a power clean. Yeah, where that's you're what not I was just going to yeah, say. Yeah. Where you're not dropping down into a full squat and having to use that much ankle mobility. So right. that could be a decent option there. So, so it's another yeah. meeting yourself where you're at. Exactly. Kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. Great. All right. And then question number three. This one is from Sissy J. Oak. Um, she said, I have struggled with being overweight my whole life. I've lost about 20 kilograms and have gained 30 kilograms over time. This summer I started Weight Watchers and after eight weeks I had lost 11 kilograms. Then I increased my training to six times a week. After four weeks, I have gained two kilograms back. I'm hungry and I feel low on energy. I train two times a week with my personal trainer. Three times a week, I do spinning and circuit training. One time, I do hit a hit circuit. I walk about 10,000 steps a day. I burn about 3,000 calories a day, according to my Fitbit. So here's my question. Would you keep on going with Weight Watchers, or do you think I should eat in a different way to lose weight? I have 20 kilograms left... Uh, oops, sorry. I have 20 kilograms left to my goal. Sorry for this long text. I'm just out of my mind and confused. Sincerely, Cecilia. This is a... 
you know, this is a tough one, and I'm sure this is this resonates with a lot of you listening out there, right? Yeah, I mean, this is this is a very very common situation. So, just Cecilia speaking straight to you, I hope you don't feel alone in this. Um, and I know that it's really frustrating, but it's also something that a lot of people have experienced and been through, and that a lot of people do go through. So, you're not you're not alone. Um, yeah. But that doesn't mean it's not frustrating. So, there's a there's a lot going on here. Um, one of the biggest things is the the volume and intensity of the workouts. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it seems like, like what I want to know, I'm going to pull this back up. Um, what I would be interested to know is in the past when she lost over 20 kilograms, like what she was doing then. Yeah. Um, if it was the same amount of intensity of working out. Um, because sometimes when you increase your workout so much to six times a week and it's, and a lot of it seems like it's very high intensity, like, you know, spinning circuit training, high intensity circuits, a lot of times your body gets so run down that you're not recovering well. And that might be what's contributing to you feeling low on energy, really hungry all the time is that your, your body's actually just not recovering from the workout. Yeah. When your body is run down, low on energy and not recovering well, it's not going to be in a place where it wants to lose weight because you know, that's going to put it in a more vulnerable position just from a whole, just like a holistic standpoint. And so it's going to be tougher to lose weight if your body is feeling depleted of energy. Um, That could be a big mental hurdle to get past though is like if you've done this before and it works that's what sometimes is rough that's why i was kind of curious about the original um 20 kilograms that she lost like if it was mostly diet or if it was mostly exercise or both yeah but if you've done it in the past and it's worked or say you were doing four days a week in the past and it worked but then it stopped working the natural inclination is to add more do more and do more and sometimes it's actually sets you back a little bit further yeah and it's not only typically in these in these situations it's not doing even just doing more, but doing so so much more at a higher intensity too. So everything gets so much more intense and it just becomes really difficult to recover from that level of intensity. And I think a, a lot of it has to do with just going back to mapping why you're working out and doing this all in the first place. Because when you once you start to get these results initially, you start to really get almost addicted to those results, mm-hmm. right? And with it, when, when they start to eventually, those results are going to slow down because of law of diminishing returns and things like that. And when it slows down, just naturally, if you don't map yourself back to why you're doing it in the first place, but attach yourself to the success of the scale, you start getting really panicky and start doing more and more and bringing more intensity to the situation to try to move that scale needle as much as possible again just in the same rate as, as you were before. So it becomes this really difficult situation to manage if you're not constantly checking yourself and be like, no, I'm doing this for me, for my help, for you know X, Y, and Z, um, as opposed to just trying to move that scale needle forward mm. or backwards either. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, I, I guess the only thing that we can speak to is how we would approach someone who came to us and like just just map out how we would go about doing that process. Yeah. Right? Um, and so and with Weight Watchers, um, what's interesting about it and and it continues to change. And we have had members who do it. Um, I was actually speaking with a member recently who had a lot of success on Weight Watchers, went off of Weight Watchers, gained mm-hmm. most of that weight. She said, you know, gained most of that weight back and is thinking about going back on it. And I asked her, I said, is it like I know that you said it was you were successful while you were on it, but do you feel like that success was temporary because of the way it's set up? And do you feel like 
you know, would you, do you want to just keep going through this cycle of feeling successful because you're on a program and then feeling like you failed once you're off of it and, and going back and forth. And so she kind of, she wasn't sure. She was like, I don't, I don't really know. Like I felt good doing it and it never felt too stressful. And that was the biggest thing for me. I was like, yeah. if it doesn't feel too stressful for you, I would say, go ahead and do it. Yeah. But if it feels like it's a temporary thing that you're just going to do to get to the, like a means to an end, mm -hmm. but there's never an end like, right, your life continues to go on. Right. And then if you just do it until you hit this goal weight and then you go off of it and then you gain the weight back and is that going to cause you too much stress? And so I think that that's important to just consider when you're doing any kind of program, whether it's Weight Watchers or any kind of diet or paleo, anything like that. Ask yourself if this is something that truly feels like it fits into your lifestyle and it feels mm -hmm. like something that you can continue to do after you've met your goal weight and you feel like you're at, because, you know, she's gone a little bit up and down here. So if you yeah. feel like, okay, you said you have 20 kilograms to go when you have 20, when you've lost that 20 kilograms, are you going to want to keep eating in the same way, in the same manner? Are you going to want to keep these same habits or are you only doing these until you get there hoping and wishing for to be able to do something different once you get there? Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. So I think that's just the important thing to ask yourself with any diet um, because you may end up losing weight faster by doing a diet. Mm -hmm. You probably will because you're going to make a bunch of drastic changes. You're going to actually be really committed, especially if you're pretty motivated to reach this goal. And so you are going to lose that weight. But if you're looking to make this long-term change and during this time that you're doing it, you're just thinking about like, you can't wait to be done with it. Yeah. It's, it's never going to last. It's not going to set you up well for success. Yeah. Um, and so it's just really always trying to find the least amount that you need to do in order to create the change that you want. You don't want to just overload your system with as much as possible, but finding that balance of the minimum viable dose. I think they refer to that in medicine. Like what's the least that you can integrate into your lifestyle to make sure that you go towards the goal that you're looking for. Yeah. Um, and you know, like it, it just becomes really if the diet is too restrictive or the workout plan is too intense or both, it just becomes really unmanageable. And yeah, you're going to eventually get into a point where you just start yo-yoing and weight fluctuating back and forth yeah. because it's such an unmanageable system. Yeah. So my main thing when she, her ultimate question was, should I keep going with Weight Watchers? And my main thing there is just to sit and ask yourself, like, how do I feel on Weight Watchers? Like in mm -hmm. terms of this being a lifestyle for me, or does this feel like a diet to me? Mm -hmm. um, and that would be the biggest question. Does this feel like I've made a lot of really productive, positive lifestyle changes that I'm going to just maintain forever? Or do I feel like I'm still doing this temporary thing to get to my goal? Um, because ultimately what you want to do is make lifelong habit changes. Yeah. And you want to do things that don't feel so hard that you won't be able to maintain them forever. And yeah. so sometimes the thing about something like weight, like weight Watchers is that it's hard because it's so many things at once. Yeah. So what I would probably recommend is taking away some of the pressure on yourself to do this in a certain amount of time and instead making smaller changes at like over the course of a longer period of time. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I think the the initial instinct is do as much as possible to make it a shorter amount of time, yeah. right? And just, it just really is difficult to make it work like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And it's It's really, I've been there, like it's so hard because I've been there where you're like, all I want to do is just 
do this now and then I'm I'm sure I'll be able to maintain it. Like yeah. that's always going to be the mindset and I always I felt that way for so long. It was like if I just do this this time, I'm not going to be stupid enough to let myself go back again. Yeah. And it's not that you're stupid and it's not that you're a failure and it's not that you have no motivation. It's that you didn't set yourself up for success in the first place mm-hmm. by restricting all of these different things and by going too intensely with your workouts like doing all of it to the extreme is not setting yourself up for success in the long run and you're basically setting yourself up to to go backwards again and then every time that that happens you feel worse about yourself definitely and it's so hard and I used to do it I used to do it all the time yeah and so you know what we'd most likely recommend for this person if they were like coming into achieve and becoming a member we'd want them to probably do about three total body strength workouts a week, maybe one high intensity class, and then low intensity for the other times if they even choose to. And we probably wouldn't even like recommend it. Yeah. Um, Cause three, three total body strength days plus one high intensity day should be plenty. Um, and then just finding um, a, an approach to nutrition that is manageable for the long term, And just a lot of just education and mindset based training just like we talked about just now all these little things to make sure that they can put things in perspective and treat this more as a longer term thing because the shorter term it is the more intensity you're naturally going to input into it and it's always about consistency over intensity yeah yeah Yeah. so for nutrition things that i would focus on like i would start by asking yourself what are the things that you changed for weight watchers that Mm. made you feel really good um, so, cause there's definitely going to be some things that you've done that you're like, that you dread or that you feel like are, are still daunting or overwhelming to change. But there are some that you're going to be like, oh, you know what? I feel really good that I've been adding more protein to my diet, or yeah. I feel really good that I've been like not having dessert every night or like, yeah. you know, there's going to be different things that actually feel good that you actually enjoy doing now and stick with those. And, and try to incorporate those more and more and more into your lifestyle. And then slowly over time, start adding new things in. So whether it's like if, if right now the first thing you want to t- think about is um, the types of food that you're eating, which is a lot of what Weight Watchers is about. Like you get different points for different types of foods and there's yep. like free foods. I don't really fully understand it. I know there's a lot of things that are like zero point foods that still have calories. So that's always interesting to me. <laughs> I'm not really sure exactly how it works. Um, but basically if you're trying to just like make better food choices, have that be your number one goal for the first like month and have it just be about food choices and making sure that you're getting the right amount of protein, that you're getting the right amount of vegetables, that you're incorporating healthier foods into your diet. Then maybe in the second month, you start to think about calories and overall um, portion control. And instead of weighing out your food or measuring out your food, you can start trying to figure out your own hunger cues and trying to listen to your body and slow down your eating and things like that that make you a little bit more intuitive and a little more mindful about your eating. But do this over the course of a longer period of time and choose things that you feel like you're going to be successful successful in right now. So even for me, like I'm thinking about when, when the baby does come and like my routine is going to be a little bit off. Like what are the things that I still think I'm going to be able to do easily incorporate easily into my Mm -hmm. lifestyle and which things am I going to be okay with letting go of a little bit? Um, I'm not going to probably eat home cooked meals every day. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Like that's, that's okay. But when I do get takeout, do I still have a little bit of control over what choices I make? Yes. And I can make sure that they have that there is a vegetable and there is a protein. And even if it's not perfect, it's going to be better than if I wasn't thinking about it at all. So 
I mean, it's not like the most perfect advice. <laughs> it's not the, the clearest because it's going to be so different for every person. But I think that taking a little bit of the pressure off of yourself to be perfect and to do everything exactly by the books and going more at your own pace with the things that actually make you feel good is going to be the best way to actually make real lasting change. Yeah. And then maybe just going back to, so it seemed like she also, or he, he or she, she, yeah, I think um, it's she Cecilia. also included, um, a couple more days of high intensity training and maybe yeah. just taking away those high intensity days a little bit. Um, and just doing what, what was working so well before that. And then if you do des- decide to add something, make sure it's something that's very just, um, something that's very reasonable to add and doesn't deplete you at all. Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't leave you lower with energy because if you're lower in energy, then suddenly the workouts that you're doing with your personal trainer are going to suffer a little bit as well. And just the overall well-being of your body is going to suffer as well. So it's just trying to, again, find the minimum effective dose to continue to move uh, towards whatever you're working towards. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I hope so. that was helpful. I know it was a little bit jumbled and a little bit like maybe all over the place, but yeah. it was, it was, I think everything we wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lauren and I always have hesitations approaching these types of questions because you know, there isn't a right answer here. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's so case dependent on person to person. And so we'll always, start things off with a little bit more like mindset-y and education-based stuff and then go a little bit more tangible as we go along. But um, there is no like, okay, you need to do this, you need to get off Weight Watchers and you need to do that. And then then everything works out well because we have there's there's not enough context within the actual question and the overall program that you're going through like and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, And even if like two people could have the exact same like question and we might approach it completely differently depending on their lifestyle and totally. depending on their goals and like so there's so many different I mean if if everybody if there was one thing that worked for everybody then everybody would be at their <laughs> quote unquote goal weight and everybody would be happy and nobody yeah. would be struggling but people are still struggling because it's not that black and white it's not that cut and dry there really isn't a right way to eat or a right way to work out for everyone, um, there is for each individual and that even changes over time. Yeah. So it is sometimes we're like, we get stuck in this whole, like it depends kind of answer. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but it does, it depends. And that's probably why it's probably the biggest thing we've learned as coaches over the years is that no two people are going to be exactly the same. And you really do need to dig a little deeper, ask some more questions. We really appreciate all the context that she did give us in this question, in this question. And even still we had, some difficulty answering it just because there's you have to know so much about the person and their situation before you can really give out um too much advice otherwise we do feel like we could do more harm if we just started spewing out advice and didn't actually fully understand the context of the situation absolutely yeah so yeah but hopefully you got a couple tidbits in there that (laughs) that helped you out so i believe those are all of the answers or kind of answers that we have today for your burning questions and we really appreciate you sending them in if you have any questions of your own you can send them to us at achieve fitness boston on instagram if you like the podcast and you enjoy it if you could leave us a review on yelp no i did that again i did that before i guess i have yelp in the mind a review on itunes would be super appreciated and until next time peace love and muscles oh and by the way if we have about a week-long hiatus you could assume had our child so sorry in advance (laughs) (laughs) but we'll we'll be back soon yeah yeah all All right right. peace